My name is Scott Challoner, and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. And I'm delighted to say that joining us on the programme today is Martin Wardle, a director at Robinson Laidler, an accountancy firm based in Newcastle-upon-Tyne and the North East, which helps businesses grow and develop. Uh, Martin, thank you for joining us and pleasure having you. Thank you very much, Scott. I'm glad to be here. Brilliant. Now, um, Martin, of course, I've talked a little bit about Robson Laidler there and just sort of very briefly what you do, of course, which is the accountancy side of things and helping with business development, essentially. But you've got a lot of experience, of course, working in the tax and finance field for many years and your work, of course, branches out far beyond sort of those simple words. So what is it that you would say that your business really does behind the scenes, just for those listeners tuning in that may not be aware of you? Um, I think I think without getting too far off the, the, the beaten path here, Scott, I think it's worth stating that accountants quite often don't do anything like what people think we do. Mm. I think there's a perception that all we do is add stuff up. You know, we, we, we you know, give us a bunch of paperwork, we'll add it up and, t- and give you an answer to a sum. And the sums might be complex and, you know, p- people kind of think that's what we do. But the reality is we actually give people peace of mind and comfort to help them run their businesses better. So, you know, we'll do anything from adding their stuff up, which might include accounts, payroll, tax returns, VAT, bookkeeping, all of the normal compliance things. But a good advisor should also really understand your business, understand what drives you and your business and where you're trying to get with it, and then actively help you to get towards that goal and give you the confidence to to make decisions, you know, to take risks with a, with the balance of what the risk is that kind of thing. So a bit of a mouthful there, but um, I hope that helps people. Yeah, certainly. And um, I can imagine that sort of you've had your work cut out over the last 18, 19 months or so, delivering those services and giving your clients that peace of mind. But before we sort of talk a little bit more about some of the issues that you've seen amongst those that you've worked with, um, how operationally has the COVID-19 challenge affected Robson Laidler specifically, would you say? It, it's It's been interesting. We've had... We, we, we've, we've probably had the, the biggest impact on our payroll department because of the introduction of furlough. And all of a sudden, people people realise what we've been saying for many years, that payroll is critically important to a business that has employees. It's got to be done properly and with you know due respect. And I think all of a sudden, people realised that that was the case. And there was a lot of issues with payroll. And the payroll team have probably done the, the hardest shift, we'll say, over the... Over the mm. you know, the, the, the last year and a half, but generally the whole business has seen impact because I think the, the, the only thing that's changed really is that different people have been busy in different ways. So clients have been busy, whether they've been shut or they've seen their trade explode, and, and there's been plenty of both. They still needed a lot of things done for them. It's just they were more apprehensive about spending on non-essential works. So we saw advice drop in some areas. People weren't asking us questions. And we saw you know, the amount of work we do in other sectors increase dramatically. But what we tried to do is we also tried to make sure that in, in March and April last year, we spoke to every client without cost, just to make sure that they know that they should pick the phone up. We've had clients who've been clients for 20 and 30 years. We didn't want them just to stop speaking to us because we're afraid of the bill. So we made sure to reach out 
uh, and, and just speak to our whole client base. And obviously that put pressure across the team. But overall, the impact, you know, we were never closed. We, we The office closed, but we sent everyone home. They worked from home. Pretty much uninterrupted service for, for most people. And we had to just adapt to working with, with, with a team that was spread across. You know, we've got a team of 90 to 100 people now. We had mm. two premises beforehand. And then we moved into, you know, 90 premises. Everybody was working from home. So that, that, that was the biggest challenge for us, trying to manage people across 90 different locations to make sure productivity was still happening, people were still happy, you know, people's needs from an employee perspective were still met mm. and that they were able to meet the client's expectations still. Yeah, and I can imagine that when everybody sort of spread out and dispersed in such a way, sort of keeping tabs on their sort of mental health and morale, which of course has really come under the spotlight sort of nationwide during the pandemic, that's also something that's been sort of a little bit more difficult in light of that, isn't it? It, 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 it was, but actually what we found is because it was then a, a specific thing that had to be done, if anything, I would dare to suggest that we might have done it better. I think I think there's an assumption that because you work in a building with, you know, six people in one of our offices, or you work in a room of five people, that you're good. But you could still have someone who comes in, sits in the corner, and never speaks to anyone, isn't part of the loop, they're not in the clique, and they go home and they they, they weren't alone, but they were still lonely to use a, a an often overused term. Where, whereas once we send everyone home, we purposely checked in on a one-to-one basis with everybody, which meant if nothing else, that person had, you know, 20-minute catch-up of uninterrupted, how are you? Which which, which some of these people probably weren't getting when they were in person anyway. So we, we've actually seen engagement, productivity. If, if, if anything, we've, we've somehow seen we've managed to improve some of these key metrics at a time when it would make no sense. Um, and I think it's because we probably thought everything was okay it probably wasn't. You know, so we, we, we talk about going back to the old normal, mm. but the old normal was probably a little bit broke anyway. It it, mm. it, it wasn't the utopian place where everything was perfect. So I, th- I think what we'll do now is we'll have a hybrid. We'll have these keeping in touch points. We'll check people, make sure they're okay, whether they're in the office or not in the office. We, we'll, we'll probably continue those types of things and be, I think, a bit more close as a result. Mm. And I can imagine that the hybrid side of things, given that it looks to be here to stay, um, it's probably something that you've seen among some of the clients that you work with as well, that they've started moving towards those sorts of working models. Yeah, I, I, I think some clients, the, the, the professional firms or, or the office-based firms, I think have probably ended up in a hybrid model where some people are desperate to get out of the house and back to the office whereas others are desperate to never get back to the office and others are happy to come in when needed but stay at home when they can. So I, I, I think there's definitely an element of that. But of course, that doesn't really apply if you're part of the process line in a factory. You know, the, the, the person that sticks the wheels on the end of a model car kind of has to be there to stick the wheels on. They can't do that from home. And the same goes if you're, a, you know, in, in, in retail or, or leisure. If you're a gym instructor, they largely have to do that where the person is who needs instruction. So I think I think that, that there's been a whole raft of sectors that 
haven't necessarily had to become agile in where the work is delivered or, or carried out, but it's just the method of delivery changed dramatically. And I suppose the obvious example here is your supermarket. Mm. You know, you've still got you've still got people driving food to supermarkets. You're still putting them on the shelves. It's just the person picking them off has changed now, and more people are, you know, home delivery rather than going to the supermarket. But few less people on the tills, few more people on the deliveries. It's still largely the same business. It's it's just pivoted, probably just quicker than it was going to anyway. I think. Yes, yeah, these things were probably on the cards anyway, mm. and just happened overnight rather than across a ten or twenty year period. Yeah, I think it certainly has accelerated that move toward digital and online, hasn't it? And we're certainly seeing that. And in fact, um, I think um, one of the biggest supermarkets in the UK, actually, Acardo, it has always been an online entity and doesn't actually have a single shop front in the UK. All of its properties are distribution centres. So that just sort of goes to show that, um, you know, yeah. that's been there for a while. And now other supermarkets are starting to follow suit with footfall in physical stores now starting to drop off a little bit as a result of all of this. Um, and yeah, yeah. speaking to obviously some of um, your own clients um, as well, uh, Martin, um, you, we talked about, of course, uh, payroll services being in very high demand over the course of the uh, the last year. But as we sort of moved out of restrictions, what sort of things are they sort of wanting from you at the moment? And do you foresee sort of you're doing more of in the future? I, I think we're given more advice or coaching. I'm conscious that those two words mean a lot of different things, but so, so coaching in this context, what I mean by that is people generally have an idea of what they're trying to do and historically accounts have been very good at telling people how to do things. You, you walk in and we give you the answer and you pay us for the answer. I think, I think people now are moving more towards a, an idea where we want to brainstorm together and arrive at an answer together rather than just tell someone what to do. So we, we, we've got a lot of people who are quite open-minded now. They, 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 they know that if they spend the time and someone holds them accountable, they can generally work a lot of things out for themselves. And they just need someone to basically make, make sure they do those things to hold them to account. So there'll, there'll always be a case for someone dropping off a bag of receipts and wanting someone to add them up. But we've got a lot more clients now saying, well, actually, I don't want to, I don't want to be caught out by a big change like that going forward. Can you help me to become more adaptable to, you know, hold the business more to account to make sure it's achieving its goals and objectives? And I, and I think there's been a change towards that, away from the normal core compliance that most people ex- expect from accountants. Yeah, exactly. And I think when it comes to sort of business leadership in general, um, every single day is a school day, isn't it, to an extent? Um, there's always a lesson to be learned every single day, and quite often lessons come in the form of setbacks. But um, another way that we can, of course, learn is by approaching each other, approaching accountancy firms such as yourselves and seeking advice, not necessarily going there to be dictated to as to you should do this, you should do that, but to actually share ideas, as you say, and really learn from each other because that's one yeah, of the best yeah. things you can do, isn't it, as a businessman? Absolutely. And, and I suppose the I suppose a, a good analogy here that most people are probably aware with is if I said I want a personal trainer and you just walked into your local gym and said, I want a personal trainer. Have you got one? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. you know, Joe, the personal trainer. 
without finding out what it is I'm training for, the chances of getting the, the you know the right the right diet plan and exercise plan are very very slim. And I think a lot of people just kind of go, oh well, I'm, I need to have this number of calories because that's what you need to do to stay healthy and I keep off this type of food. But it's a big difference whether you're training for triathlons and ultra ultra marathon versus wanting to you know lift 500 kilos. And I, and I, and I, and I think we're helping people to focus on not just a, an exercise plan, for want of a better way of putting it, but a plan that fits the thing they're trying to do. So if you're a restaurant that's trying to pivot to online deliveries only, the, 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 the type of advice and, and assistance they need is totally different to a restaurant that's trying to open three new restaurants. Mm. But yet it's all advice for restaurants to some extent. So it, it, it's about trying to understand the needs and then work with rather than just, well, this is what we tell people to do and just you know so go away and follow it it's it's yeah i'm probably not explaining that very well there you, that makes, that sense. makes, sense, that makes yeah. sense to me certainly and i'm sure the listeners follow suit with that and just for of course those uh, regular listeners that do tune into the podcast who may be of that sort of younger and entrepreneurial mindset um obviously it is a challenging economic environment to start a business but some of the most successful firms do tend to spring out of times of economic hardship so just for those people that may have a big idea who are looking out there for opportunities and wanting to start their own business as somebody yourself, Martin, who is well-versed in advice, what advice would you sort of give someone like that to really get them on the road to success at this time? Um, it, it, it's, it's a tricky question, that, Scott, because it would be great to just have a little tagline, you know, like a three-word winning phrase that people could just stick on their mirror in the morning and, like, shout to themselves five times. But, but life, life's a bit more complex than that. Mm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I think people have to just accept that building a business of any kind is hard so you've, you've just you've just got to accept that the work has to be put in and sometimes that isn't very glamorous it isn't all you know in-step posts about how great things are and the big client wins often behind these people is that you know the, the long hard days of learning absorbing information market research intelligence and and and, and being around the right people so i, I think Probably don't beat yourself up if you haven't taken over the world three months after starting. It, which sounds sounds like I'm trying to encourage people not to do great things, and it's it's not that. It's just I think you need to be a realist sometimes. And if you stumble upon the overnight success, fantastic. But most people aren't overnight successes. Mm. It's, it's through a lot of dedicated hard work. Um, so, you know, be prepared for the long hours and the, and the hard shifts is what I would say. Yeah, and incidentally, I actually spoke to somebody on this show not long ago who mentioned Elon Musk as someone who's done exactly that. He's had to jump through so many different hoops to sort of get to that position that he's in today. So overnight success is yeah. an idea. You should just get out of your head straight away, isn't it? You've got to put the hours in. Absolutely. Elon's a popular whipping boy at the moment, you know, the, the tax the rich. Yeah, but... What what you forget is he used to sleep on the factory floor on SpaceX or Tesla. Well, if you're prepared to do that kind of thing, and you know, he famously said, and anyone who wants to Google this will find it quite easy. But if you're doing a hundred hours a week and you can remain productive in those hundred hours, you'll do twice as much as someone doing fifty hours. It's not as simple as that, mind you. And and you, you, you you've got to get the right level of work to be productive, but it's still pretty true that if you 
try more things, you're more likely to find the one that works for you. Um, hard workers are normally more lucky than people that aren't hard workers, um, which kind of proves it's not about luck at all. It's about, it's about being prepared to do things that other people aren't sometimes. Mm. Yeah, it's very much a case of you get out what you put in, don't you? And you sort of make your own luck in that sense. If you keep plugging away, eventually the opportunities are going to fall for you. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and I think another thing that people fall into is to think they have to do something massive. I think I think people think they have to come up with an idea that's never been done in a big flashy way. Again, that's not the reality. Um, you know, Net, Netflix is huge. Disney Plus is huge. Amazon Prime, you know, people watch all of these things now. Um, you know, the younger generation probably never heard of Blockbuster, the idea that you have to walk to a shop to rent a movie. They're still in the movie delivery business or the TV or program delivery business. It's just the style or the method that changed. So, you know, at the moment we use Deliveroo to get food. Three years ago, you would ring the local takeaway. You know, not long before that, you had to physically go there. It's still all food. It's just a different style and a different method. So you haven't got to reinvent anything. You might just do something that's already done and do it a little bit different. And sometimes there's some great niches that can be carved out there. I think that's exactly it, isn't it? It's finding your niche, which is the important thing. And it's incredibly sound advice indeed that that's the key thing as opposed to just sort of going after something completely new that's not been dreamt up of yet, of course. And yeah. sometimes of course, um, sometimes that can happen, understandably so, but it isn't always as complicated as that. I think people would do well to remember it. Um, thinking about the future now then, uh, Martin, just before we do uh, wrap things up, um, we are in a position now where we've sort of left restrictions behind with regards to the pandemic for the time being. And there is a lot of optimism within industry. And the Chancellor, uh, during his budget speech very recently, actually talked up the hard-won gains of reopening the British economy. Um, but for yourselves and some of your clients, um, are you sort of sharing that real optimism? And have you got sort of big plans for the uh, the year ahead and you're really hoping to sort of push on now? Yeah, I think you know certainly within Robson Laidler, we've got we've got reasonably big plans. I think, um, and speak to some of our clients. They've they've come off you know record years, profit wise and activity wise. Um, others have really struggled. So we 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 we've got a mixed bag of of things out there. But I I, I think what we could really do with as a country is 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 two or three years of stability. So, you know, if we go back to 2016, we voted out narrowly. We tried to stay in for three and a half years. We eventually got out. Um, you know, we, we, we were doing that during, you know, just before lockdown basically kicked in and while people were still up in the air. And I think business will always find a way to thrive in any stable market. It doesn't have to be the best market. So I'm not pro or kind of con EU. This isn't the message here. I think stability gives businesses a chance to breathe, get it, get a solid footing, and then push on to grow. So if we can just have a bit of, you know, a couple of years where nothing major happens, I think we'll be okay. Um, you know, I think some industries are hoping that they'll bounce back, but that industry might just not exist in the same way or the same size. And I think some people need to probably just accept that they can't go back to what they always did. Um, and that will be painful. But it, it does also bring opportunities because, you know, 
hot tub sales went through the roof over the last 18 months. People weren't expecting that. So, you know, you need to, you need to figure out what the new pattern is people are going to be doing and, 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 and try and move towards that. Well, adaptability has been the buzzword of the last couple of years, hasn't it? And I think that's certainly going to be the case moving forward, Martin. Absolutely right. And it's going to be interesting to see just sort of how business really gets to grips with that where it's necessary and indeed sort of how you're going to be playing an active role in advising and facilitating that move. And I've got to say, I think as we start to sort of see this kind of new environment in various marketplaces taking shape, I'd actually love Martin to catch up at some point maybe in this next year and have you back on the show with us just to see sort of what has changed in that time and how things at Robson Laidler are getting on behind the scenes as well. Happy to do that. Happy to do that, Scott. What, 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 one, one important message, you didn't ask for it, but one important message I'm conscious about saying is, is I, I, I think more than ever, you need to kind of look after your people here. Mm. We, 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 we've had really good results the last two years in a time when it made no sense to have good results. But we've done that on the back of a team that we've spent the last five years investing in. Um, so, you know, if you're an employer out there wondering why things didn't work out quite the way you, you, you might have hoped, some of it will be the market, some will be the team, but you, you've got to also look at your interaction with your team as well. And try and find ways to get the most out of your team. And I think in leadership, that's incredibly important. You're only as strong as that team that you assemble around you. And if you have that right team of people and they know that you've got their best interests at heart during a time like COVID, you'll see that they're going above and beyond for you. Their chips are down, they're mucking in. And, you know, you're going to keep chugging away and getting those really important services out to people because, you know, everybody's going above and beyond and putting 110% in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Martin, it's been a pleasure welcoming you onto the uh, the program with us, and thanks ever so much for joining us. Um, to anybody listening into today's podcast who has been impressed or inspired by Martin's story and feel you may have your own tale to share with us, then by all means you can apply to be on the show as well via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply, and it could be you joining us on the program next. Um, Martin, until next time, take care and thanks again. Thank you very much, Scott. It was a pleasure to speak to Martin Wardle from Robson Laidler on today's show, and I do hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed the interview. Until next time, I'm off to raise a glass to outstanding leadership and celebrate some of the key achievements from business within this country over the last 18 months and beyond. And until next time, for all of our regular listeners, do take care and enjoy yourselves, and we'll be back soon for another tale of success and of innovation with a whole nother business leader coming to join us on the Leaders' Council podcast. Goodbye. Until next time.